Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Porcupine. It's uh, we're here. We're doing it. We're doing it live, which is cool. Uh, we're gonna start doing more live of, of these because I can now from home without being lazy. So I have to drive to the studio and do this. This is great. Uh, so since we're live, uh, stand up shows coming up. The only one I really want to plug right now is uh, November twentieth at the Pop In, Chalfont, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly. We have two shows: a seven and nine thirty show coming out. Droptent.com/events for those tickets. They sell out every month. Every month, every month I get DMs being like, can I get to tickets? I mean, no, they sold out. Get your tickets now. Drawtent.com slash events. Two solid shows. Great lineup. That's all for me. Uh, guys, I'm super psyched to have on uh, my guest for the evening. Uh, you guys all know him. You guys all love him. Please give a warm welcome via stream to Mr. Spike Cohen. What's up, man? Hey, man. How are you doing? It's good to see you. Good. Same, man. Uh, we met officially for the first time in yes. PA in the middle of nowhere PA because <laughs> I was doing, I'm, I'm the board rep for Bucks County. So we were yes. there for our meeting and you were like right next door doing some fundraiser. And uh, when I met you, I forgot the word sunscreen. I remember that because <laughs> you're like cool tattoos. And I was like, Oh yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. And you, I was like, thanks man. I was like, the only bummer is uh, for when it's sunny out, I have to, uh, you know, you know the stuff yes. that you rub on yourself with the, for the big fiery ball and I, in the sky. And I, and I gave you like a good ten <laughs> seconds because for the first five seconds I thought he must be talking about something other than sunscreen or sunblock <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. And then as you continue to describe this thing that you needed when you're in the sun, I increasingly realized that you were having moments that I often have where you just forget a very basic word that you're looking for. <laughs> So I yeah, let it, was, it go on for another five seconds because I wanted you to have that moment for yourself. But once I realized that you were approaching a point of flailing, um, then I then I then I stepped in and said, "Sunscreen? Yes, sunscreen. Thank you, <laughs> dude." Um, I was I like, uh, "Dude, I was like, say sunscreen, Spike, please <laughs> help me, <laughs> bail me out." Say whatever the word is. <laughs> yeah, no, and don't feel bad because that happens to me all the time. The difference is it happens to me on like cable news or something like that, where I'll be like the. And they're like constitutional, I'm like constitution. It's against the constitution. No, that was great meeting you, man. Yeah, and your your uh, your palate that most people call their bodies was very impressive. Oh, these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually going tomorrow to add more to this uh, trash heap you see before you. <laughs> nice. Just covering up garbage, man. That's all you gotta do. You gotta add on, and it makes add it look garbage pretty. to get the old garbage. No, it makes sense. It's That's like how there's it a sediment layer of bad tattoos yeah. that you cover over with increasingly better tattoos. You get it. It's like the good ink cancels out the bad past memory ink. Yes. <laughs> it just recycles yes. it out. 
I'm in, I'm the opposite where I'm so OCD that I know that even if I got the I I always use the excuse oh I'm Jewish I can't have a tattoo because which is technically true but we can't eat pork either and I eat pork most of my life um, of course the real reason is because I know myself and I know that I would spend months p- figuring out the perfect tattoo and finding the perfect person to do it and they would do it perfectly and the very second they stopped I would look in the mirror and say. I can't believe I chose this. And then I would spend the rest of my life saying, well, the bright side is one day I'll die. And then I won't have to see this anymore. And so that's, I just, I've never gotten one. And case in point, when I was like 18 or 19, I wanted to get across my back, this giant field of marijuana plants with a giant dollar sign shining over it like the sun. And in retrospect, that might've been a bit much. And thankfully I didn't have the money for it then because I would definitely now feel, I would, I would not put on sunscreen because I would hope that it would burn off slowly over time. That's a terrible tattoo idea. <laughs> that would be <laughs> one of the worst. Ta- and I've seen people with their own names tattooed on them. I've seen, I've seen people with like the vagina tattoo on their armpit, you know, or like the, wow. Or like, you ever see that one? So no, some but guy will raise some guys. Some, so a guy will raise his arm, and he has like a lady's leg up here, like on his bicep, and like a, like going down his rib no, a little I, bit. I get, I can envision yeah, yeah. what what we're doing here. Yeah, <laughs> no, that sounds that does that does sound marginally better than my idea. It is. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. What does it say yeah. about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 18. I was also very very high. So there's there's some layers there, but it does say. It does, I mean, I won't lie that that does say something about my decision-making ability. Now, keep in mind, I didn't do it. I didn't Fair. do it. No, no, but I, I didn't do it because I was broke. So there's actually that, too. Good, though, because I got – so I'm from, <laughs> Staten, I'm from Staten Island. I'm wearing the hat right now. You know, I, yep. I'm re- repping Staten Island. Um, my first tattoo on my 18th birthday, like every good Staten Islander, I think it's by law. You have to get a travel band tattooed over here. I think that's – if you're an Italian male from Staten Island at 18, that's your birthright. You have right. to get a travel band tattoo right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> From what tribe? The dump? The I don't Ita- know. Yeah, as is the Italian tradition. Speaking <laughs> of Staten Island, since it was a beautiful segue there, uh, I'm going to be in New York. Since this is live, I'm going to be in New York. Uh, all of this. Why is my, why is my, why, why is this happening? Hold on a second. There's, I'm trying to figure out why my, okay, well, I don't know why that's happening. Give me one second. I'm having yes. a weird... Yeah, I don't know why my camera's doing that. Anyway, whatever. Um, because we are live, I can promote the uh, the event that I'm doing. I'm going to be in New York for 10 days, including in Staten Island on the I Spike New York, uh, Spike Cohen 2021 New York tour. Um, so uh, we're doing at least one event in Staten Island on the 10th, uh, a farewell dinner. If you go to uh, my, oh gosh, uh, if you go to SpikeCohen.com, it's got the information there. Uh, or if you go to any of my social media, I just put up all the links. Um, but I'm doing at least one event and possibly another event in Staten, Staten Island as well. We're doing a couple of uh, uh, NYC events. So if you live in Staten Island, come out and show me your tribal band. It all makes fun. <laughs> That's I was a little small. Where in Staten Island are you going to be? I couldn't see on the. Yeah, it's I don't know. That's why of I course. said that. That's, Hold fair. On. That's a fair so, question. Wait, no, it's, yeah, it's not on there. I can tell you though, if you give me one second, sure. I, this I'm is curious. live stuff is I can just like do stuff while we're live. I'm going to be in Staten Island, which is my favorite Island based, um, borough of, of 
New York. So um, more than Manhattan? Because Manhattan's technically an island. <laughs> well, it's an entire island. I, I should say whole <laughs> island. It's a whole island. Uh, okay. It's at the Danoy restaurant in Staten Island. And uh, if you go to my website uh, or my uh, uh, or if you go to any of the links in my social media, I've got them up there. You can register to do it. It's a fundraiser dinner at the Danoy restaurant, the famous no Danoy restaurant in beautiful Staten Island, New York, uh, on the 10th at 630. Again, possible other pop up events. So Follow me everywhere on social media and stay tuned. And uh, we may have some more Staten Island events. My favorite whole island based borough in New York City. So, so what do you actually do? You just like, uh, like, what's the point of going to Staten Island? Like, what, what's the tour for? Like, exactly for <laughs> why are you going to Staten Island? <laughs> so, um, so we're doing a, a 10 day New York tour starting in New York City. I'm doing an in person uh, thing at Fox Business with Kennedy uh, in studio. Um, and then from there, we're going across the state. I'm going to be speaking at some universities. I'm going to be taking part in the in Syracuse, New York. Uh, the Libertarian Party of New York is having the Empire State Freedom Summit. Uh, it's a three-day event. I'll be taking part in that. I'm the keynote speaker at that. Uh, we're just doing a bunch of events. Like it just Once we started planning out stuff for New York, it made sense to make it into like a fortnight. I'm going to be there for like 11 days. So it made sense. All these other things started popping up. I'm going to be doing a, a shooting range event out in Bergen, which is uh, near Rochester, possibly doing something in Buffalo, possibly doing something in Albany. Um, it just sort of like took on legs and every New York libertarian kind of reached out and was like, hey, do a thing with me. Hey, do a thing with me. So uh, pretty much we're traveling the whole damn state. It's been going on for a year now where libertarians in New York have been like, What's go are you coming back to New York? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm just waiting until one of the coldest months of the year to do it. Yeah, so oh, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I hate the Northeast. And when I moved to Pennsylvania, I was like, oh, it's going to be mm -hmm. colder here. It's not. It was for sure colder in Staten Island. Like, mm -hmm. definitely. Which is yeah, blows my mind. Yeah. I hate it. Yep. Listen, I'm upset at the weather here in Myrtle Beach right now because it's in the 60s. So you can imagine what I'm looking forward to, where we're going to reach highs, highs as high as 52 uh, and as low as. Uh, yeah, in the, it's yeah. rough. No, I'm definitely looking for Like, I'm mad that I don't live in South Florida. First of all, I'm a retired Jew. OK, <laughs> and, and by that, I mean, I'm a Jew who's retired. I haven't retired from Judaism. Right. right. Um, but how would you uh, retire from Judaism? You have to hang up your yarmulke or you do like a ceremonial blood something. In, blood out, blood <laughs> in, blood out. You got to die. You're born a Jew. You die a Jew. <laughs> no, yeah, no but, so, yeah, there's no. It's, it's blood in, blood out. Um, the but as a retired Jew, I will not have completed my character arc until I move to South Florida. And I'm told that the Tampa Bay area, it's Southwest Florida. They'll count that. So at this point, I kind of, it's like, I already naturally should be, because I, because I'm a sun Jew. There are sun Jews and there are snow Jews. <laughs> okay. um, I am decidedly a sun Jew. Okay. Like I said, once it drip, dips below 70, I'm, I'm finished. I that's don't want to be That's a Florida there. Jew, right? I'm a Florida Jew. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, if, if anything, I'm looking forward to the end of the Castro regime, mostly so I can move there. Um, I, I, I look forward to eventually being able to work my way, like it's all the way to Cuba. So, um, because I mean, frankly, that was probably one of the biggest tragedies for the Jewish people was when Fidel took over and we had to leave Cuba. Um, <laughs> and, um, so for, on behalf of my fellow Juban people, we are looking forward to getting back there in the meantime, I will do South Florida anyway. So the point of all that is that coming to New York for 10 days, this isn't just a, well, I can try to stay warm for a weekend. I, 
I just I hope everyone understands how much I love them. That I'm going up there in what is going to be very. I know everyone up there is like, oh, it's unseasonably warm. It it stays below above freezing at night. I'm going to be miserable. I'm no, going you, to be. You would be absolutely miserable. So I just want everyone to know that I'm really I'm sacrificing in a major way um, as a Sunju. And I just hope everyone appreciates that. Yeah, Staten Island won't because they're garbage people. Uh, but the rest of New York might, but they're also garbage people. This different kind of garbage people. So, <laughs> so you know, yeah, we're, no, we're, 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 like you said, uh, Jews are, uh, you born in blood and blood out. We're, we're but, dump in, dump out for Staten Islanders. Wow. Like you're, that's what we're known for, dude. Like everyone's like, I, I, sometimes like in my stand up, like in my comedy, I'll be like, I'm from Staten Island. And people just laugh at just me saying I'm from Staten saying Island. You're from there. And I'm like, hey, fuck you, man. You don't get to laugh at that. I get this. That's the joke I'm building up to. That's our like, oh. word. Yeah, that's our word. <laughs> but like, we're only known for like two things. The dump, which isn't even there anymore. But like, it used to be like, oh, you can see it from space and fucking Wu-Tang. What's up? So we got, <laughs> you know, some things that are cool. But overall, Staten Island is a, a joke. Like, no one cares about us. Um, Larry Sharp, uh, a mutual friend yes. of ours, I'm sure, is running for governor of New York again. And uh, I think I'm doing like a stand-up fundraiser thing for them. And like, what's right. doing Staten Island? I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, cool. Let's do it in Staten Island. They're super supportive. <laughs> no, listen, I... It... I have a, a soft spot in my place for Staten Island because it was the first campaign stop I had in New York. And it was very, the, it was very, very warm reception there. Everyone was very happy to see me. We had a really great event there. And most of them then followed us into Manhattan where we did an event at uh, Zuccotti Park. I think mm -hmm. it's called. It's oh, that the, was where uh, Occupy was. Yeah. Yes. It was where Occupy was. Um, and, uh, and so I, you know, I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for, for Staten Island. But I, I get it. I get it. Uh, speaking of that, um, what was your path into like liberty? Yes. Like what, what got you? Staten Island is physically Staten, Staten Island. Island. I, I, I did. I, I, I watched a documentary about Staten Island and I said central planning has failed. Um, no. Burn so, it. Just burn it down. Just burn, burn just, it. Just start. This is clearly this is wrong. Also, you know, Stalinism and the Holocaust and all that, but Staten Island, there's Staten, something Staten. really bad happening. Here. That's third. So, it's the, it's Stalinism, Holocaust, and then, or whatever. Staten Island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, per capita. So no, <laughs> I, I was a, uh, I was a neoconservative, uh, for many years. I was one of those people. I was 19 when nine 11 happened. Mm. I fully believed that in in what the government and, and corporate media were telling me that you know the terrorists just happened just hated us because of our freedoms it wasn't you know decades of imperial war policy or any of that it was you know women in in booty shorts or whatever like i'm not even they never <laughs> even really explained what freedom they were upset about and 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 meanwhile here i am as a erstwhile conservative republican who's mad about all the stuff the government makes me do but then i'll turn around i'm like i'm just so damn free and they hate me for it it's like what free to what so anyway, I, I, I bought into the nonsense, you know, we needed to spread democracy by installing puppet dictators and we needed to show our peaceful ways by bombing and murdering, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. It, it's, it's, I can jokingly say this now, but I literally believed it as strongly and passionately as I advocate for liberty now was as strongly and passionately that I, as thankfully a much younger and less effectual uh, person back then, uh, uh, advocated for neoconservative uh, policy. 
And it was these really annoying libertarians, people like Matt Kibbe, Dr. Ron Paul, um, gosh, who else? I guess Thomas Sowell, though he didn't really talk a lot about the wars. I think he actually was pro-war. Um, and, and others who would kind of challenge me from a conservative standpoint or from a constitutionalist standpoint on just how screwed up these policies were and how they would never accomplish what they said they would and how they were all just excuses to enrich the, you know, the military industrial complex and have greater control over us and you know, all the stuff I say now. And I was just so annoyed that these people wanted the terrorists to win so bad. And over time, every prediction they made came true. Everything they said would happen, happened. Uh, everything they said just made more and more sense. And I was angrier and angrier about it until I realized that the reason I was angry was because I was wrong and they were right. And I thought, well, there's a really simple fix to that. I can stop being wrong. And that made me uh, really re-examine the things that I thought were true. And that led me all the way to being an anarcho-capitalist. <laughs> so I went, I went from neocon and kind of worked my way over the course of a year or two a few years into uh, being a, uh, you know, super Saiyan libertarian and, uh, and, Goku uh, you know, libertarian, some would say, yes. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The Goku of libertarians and, uh, uh, or at least the, uh, the Vegeta of libertarians. And, um, and, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing actually, but, uh, but so I, I, and that led me on that. And then, um, when I, you know, a, a really long story short, when I was diagnosed with MS, um, and had to kind of rethink, what my priorities were in life. I had reached a point at that point where my business had been successful enough where I didn't have to work uh, to be able to make ends meet anymore. And uh, that uh, allowed me to kind of re-examine things. And I thought, you know, we're all going to not be here fairly soon on a, in, a, in a relative blink of an eye. And what matters is the world we've left behind. And that uh, got me going full speed into fighting to uh, help set the world free. Uh, inter it's weird because we have a slightly similar uh, gateway to things because I, again, from Staten Island, nine eleven. I was four. I was a sophomore in high school. We're only five years different in age. Uh, mm. so I was I was like 13, 14 years old, and like you know we saw the smoke from like my fucking school window, like you know it was right. it was it's like like we had classmates whose parents died, like 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 it really hit us home, like especially yeah, like, of course, of course, a whole community yeah. of people who died from Staten Island. Like there was like a lot, not yeah. a lot, but you know. A, a good chunk of people from Staten Island it was died. right there. It was right and, there. And uh, so I was like directly impacted us. And of course, a 14 year old coming from Staten Island, which is a conservative, it's the only conservative borough in all of New York City. Right. So, so like, you know, you grow up, you grow up around city workers and fucking cops and firemen and sanitation workers who are like, yo, fuck these people. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> get them. <laughs> and then, and then like you're just, you're just, you know, 14, and you're just angry because like all these people die in your, in your backyard. So you're like, yep. oh, well, I want to punish. Not again, you don't realize literally all the bullshit behind 9 11 that you do now. Of course. But, of course. Of course. So I'm, I'm talking as a 14 year old, you know, but like, so you're like, oh, so when they, um, once went to Afghanistan, I was like, all right, great. Let's get this fucker, you know, let's get this guy. And then, yep. I remember I remember this so vividly. It was 2003, and then I was like, uh, "When did Iraq the first Tomahawk missile? Was that it was like, like March or May of 2003? Right? It was like early 2003, I think. It, it was. It was. Yeah, sometime spring. I think it was April of 03, March or April of 03. I was, yeah, yeah. Right. I was like a junior going into like my senior year, and yep. I remember me, my dad, and I just like staring at the TV because it was like live, and I remember the green night vision yep, and just green night, tomahawk man. after tomahawk after tomahawk going into iraq and I remember my dad just like solemnly was like we're officially going to war for a while 
and I didn't get what that meant at the time. I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. I was like, we're going to fuck these. Cause I'm thinking like we're the American military. These guys have sticks essentially compared to what we have. We're going to walk through them. What do you mean? We're going to be in a war for a while. Kick it's going to be like, literally like fucking yeah. four months. Yeah. And then like, you know, my dad's like, no, 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 you don't understand. He's like, he's like, no, physically we're going to fuck him up. He's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. He's like, I'm yeah. talking about like everything. And then he's like explaining to me, but still as a 13 year, 15, 16, whatever I was at the time, 17 year old, you're like, I still don't really yeah, get yeah. it. You know, so it's interesting that we both kind of have the same thing, and then yep. you're still angry at that time, and you you understand like oh, Iraq has nothing to do <laughs> with anything, and there are no WMDs, and you're just like, we'll start picking all these fucks because they're the ones who did this, and like you still don't get it until you're like, yep, yep I wasn't until yep. I was like again my 2008. Well, I still I was like the second wave of Ron Paul guys myself, but like it was still like yep. 2007, eight. I was like, wait a minute, I think this is bullshit. <laughs> it was right around 0809. And it was with Ron Paul, who I had hated, hated since like 03, 02, 03, when he first started with his anti-war thing. And meanwhile, he hadn't started with it. it was He started with it with Iraq. Right. And I uh, I just hated him. And then when he ran for president in 08, I'm like, you don't have a pigs that's shot in hell or whatever. you know. And, and so I'm listening to him. And I just the more he said things the more I realized I was having an angry, visceral reaction to the fact that I didn't really have a good response other than, well, but what about the people who died? You're not respecting those who died on 9-11, to which he said, no, they're not respecting the people who died on 9-11 because they're not acknowledging why it happened and thereby figuring out how to make sure it never happens again. They're actually doing the things that are going to ensure future 9-11s and, and future terror attacks and future hatred against us and, and, and people dying overseas for a lost cause uh, that's actually making things worse. And, and not to mention all the people that are that live there that are dying. You know, I mean, for every American that died, hundreds of, of uh, uh, Afghans and Iraqis and Syrians and now Yemenis and, and Libyans and so forth died. And, you know, it took a while for me to realize you're mad because you're wrong. Right. And and you've been so trained to hate these people. And now you're realizing they were right. Well, then you should be mad at the people that lied to you. And it, it took it wasn't like it took years or whatever, but it was a few weeks where I was really had to grapple with like, why are you so pissed off watching Ron Paul spank Rudy Giuliani while everyone boos him? <laughs> and, 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 and you're, you know, booing him too and yelling at your TV. Why are you so mad? Everything he's saying is right. And, you know, by 09, 2010, it really did sink in. And, uh, I, I did hope that, uh, Barack Obama would end the wars. And then once I realized he wasn't going, I would never was going to vote Democrat. The one thing I can say is I've never been a Democrat and I, I can, I can, if I, for all my flaws, I've never been a Democrat and, uh, and, and, you know, I hoped he would end the wars. I thought it was great that, you know, we had demonstrated that the country was ready to elect a black man. I thought that was a good thing too. But I, I the bigger thing was, I hope, well, if he ends the wars, um, then that, that might be a good thing. And then he didn't, and he just expanded the drone wars. And, you know, then he was the, it, that was also when I was realizing that, you know, that our immigration policy was bad and, 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 actually against what the founders wanted and certainly wasn't respectful of our rights and gave them, it, it was actually the original before the war on terror and all the excuses for, for a police state that that created, there was the war on migration and all the excuses for the police state that created. And um, then when I saw he was going to be a deporter in chief, 
Uh, he still has the record for the most deportations as a, for, of any president. I realize I'm like, there's no, it's not going to happen with either of these parties. And it was interesting because I kind of went full on to the, you know, I, I kind of skipped the Libertarian Party, especially after Bill Weld. That was, I wasn't oh my god, that. and and I liked Kerry, um, but I thought, well, but you know, maybe just electoral politics in general is just a waste of time and and. I don't have a problem that anyone else is doing it, but I, I think we need to just be, you know, agorist and, and opt out of the system. And in theory, that's a good idea. And, and we certainly should be engaging in counter economics and, you know, doing things like the blockchain and DeFi and all of that. That's all great stuff. But the reality is you don't have to be interested in politics. The people in charge will continue to impose themselves on you. And, and there needs to be at least some kind of a if, if only a defensive action happening on the electoral front. Uh, to try to fight against it, at least while things like the blockchain and, and cryptocurrency and DeFi can continue to, to grow legs and, you know, work to, to, to make government obsolete. In the meantime, we have to fight the system that we have. And um, that's really been my focus since then. You said something interesting before about like, oh, people got mad because they were wrong and, they, you know, they stayed mad. Uh, I, I think it's, it's a typical human being thing where it's like, oh, I don't want to, yep. again, admit that I was duped yep. or whatever so yep. you just double down your anger and then but then like okay so like uh you start to feel stupid when like, you're like so all the hijackers were saudi arabian then why do we attack afghanistan and iraq yep. <laughs> and then and yep. then oh my, my favorite is they go hey we found uh muhammad uh, 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 what's the fucking name uh muhammad Atta, Atta? yeah he found his passport it was like slightly crisp and i was like so you're telling me this plane was eviscerated upon impact with all yeah. the people, luggage, everything, papers, literally floors of it. But his passport was found slightly singed in the rubble. Yep. Fuck you. Also, <laughs> also, also, in the midst of the Tora Bora bombing campaign to try to get bin Laden, we couldn't find bin Laden. We eviscerated the entire community there. But we found a VHS, uh, which had uh, bin Laden saying, Hi, everybody. I'm well, it wasn't quite like that. It was him having a conversation, a candid conversation with people right. saying, I'd like to just record me talking about how proud I am that we did 9 11, folks. Now, I, I'm also, I'm not a, a 9 11 conspiracy theorist to the extent that I think that the people that they say did it more than likely did it. And I don't know, I haven't done all the, uh, the due diligence on things like Building Seven or any of that stuff. But honestly, even if we take the government's word for who did it and their motivations behind who did it, or or if we take the, the motivations of the who we are told were the hijackers and the people responsible, uh, Al-Qaeda, we were attacked because of decades of foreign policy imperialism and mass murder and appointing of dictators, starting with Operation Ajax in the 1950s when Eisenhower deposed a democratically elected government and reinstalled a brutal, oppressive Shah in order to maintain oil uh, links in, in Iran and a domination of the Gulf, uh, the, uh, the Persian Gulf over the, the Saudis or the Soviets. Um even if you take their official stance of what happened and the official stance of the group that they said did it as to why they did it, that's more than enough for me to oppose 
U.S. foreign policy. And if you get if you dive into, you know, if it had been Bush did 9-11 or Bush worked, worked with, you know, the Israelis to do 9-11, if, if that's true, that just makes it even more damning. But even if it's true, exactly what they said, even if they really did find uh, Mohammed Atta's passport, even if they really did find a VHS, I'm just picking, VHS are like the most easily destroyable things <laughs> ever. They're, you know, they're, they're filled with this highly, highly uh, 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 flammable tape um, but, let, but again, let's just say that's what happened. It still is damning on U.S. foreign policy. Yeah, just the whole nine again. The whole nine eleven thing just sits weird with me. Like, 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 when we, especially when we start to like look into it. I don't, I don't, I don't even believe in like, oh, they had like explosives in the cords. Or I just right, find right. it hard to believe that a bunch of cave dwellers pulled off the greatest fuck. You know, like everything doesn't add up to like them doing it. I just so especially. Oh, this is fun too. Don't forget the Taliban. Was like, hey, we'll give you Bin Laden. Please don't come here. They offered him. Oh up. gosh! <laughs> I, so I I started reminding everyone of that when uh when Biden pulled fin- finally. One thing I will say about Joe Biden, he did it in a, the gar- crappiest way possible, and he made it as terrible. But he left, and it looks like we really are leaving. They even did that stupid drone bombing of that family. But they left, and it looks like they actually are leaving. And I'll give him that, if nothing else. I, will I give agree him that with that. Actually, I actually left. Now, with that said, everyone was going, "Yeah, but you got to remember, it was imp- it, we, even though we did it wrong, we had to go in there." Well, no, we didn't. The Taliban's opening offer was to say, in the midst of being threatened, mm-hmm. the Taliban, who's not scared of anything, clearly. The Taliban's opening offer was if you can present us with evidence that is compelling evidence that bin Laden did this and Al Qaeda did this, we will happily hand him over to a third party Mm -hmm. Muslim nation for him to undergo trial for it. That was their opening offer. Imagine if we had said, hey, listen, we will give you evidence and we'll go through an extradition process, but you're handing him over to us. And hey, How'd you like to have a new bridge? And how'd you like to have a, a trade deal? And how'd you like to have this and have that, right? Like, you know, no, I don't like giving away taxpayer money, but it would have cost fractions of fractions of probably you wouldn't have lost thousands of American bucks. lives over it. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> thousands of Americans' lives, hundreds of thousands of yeah. Afghan lives, tens of trillions or mm-hmm. trillions of dollars, which once you factor in inflation and uh, the debt cost, because most of that was run up in debt, you're looking at something like $28.5 trillion that will end up having been spent on this country. For probably about $100 million, maybe a couple hundred million bucks and some negotiating, we would have gotten bin Laden. Remember that Mullah Omar described bin Laden as a chicken bone that was stuck in his throat that he could neither swallow nor spit out. If we had given him enough of a reason, enough of a pretext to hand him over to us, they would have absolutely signed off on that. It might have taken some some finagling, but you know, with a little bit of of, of finessing there, uh, Mullah Omar would have been more than happy to say, "Oh, you twisted my arm, Americans! I'll be here. You go. Here's Bin Laden." And at that point, Bin Laden had maybe a couple dozen adherents. The Taliban could have easily whisked him up or killed him in the process and handed him or his body over to the U.S. government. And Bush knew that which is why they didn't negotiate. They said, hand them over, and days later, they were dropping bombs. They right. didn't even give a good faith effort to negotiate because they didn't want to negotiate. It was never about that. It really reminds me of World yeah. War II when Japan was like, yo, we're done. And we're like, cool, we're going to drop two nukes on you, though. <laughs> we don't care. They Remember, Japan unconditionally surrendered in yep. May. 
And we yep. were like, cool. Wait for August, though. We're dropping some shit on you. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like, and, then, yep. and then again, like you talk to all these fucking like not even like uh, super like conservative people, but anybody who's a little more right leaning and like, you know, oh, yep. go our military. You try to bring up World War Two to them. They're like, oh, you're wrong. I go. Have you read a book? Have you read a true yeah. anything? Have, have you ever read yep. about like how we didn't have to drop the bomb? We could have starved them out. We could have done so many things. We, we, we bombed all their fucking uh, their salinary stations. They had nothing to go off of. We could have just waited. Yep. We didn't have to murder thousands of innocent civilians. Mm -hmm. And then yep. when you say that, like, yeah, we had to do it because they wouldn't have given up. They gave up. <laughs> that's yep. what i'm saying they actually but no one no one really fucking reads a fucking book it's anything about like economics yep. or anything it's like i'm dumb i'm a dumb yep. person but at least i fucking read like basic like you know uh, we've all read the henry Hazlitt's and tom souls and stuff yep. like that but yep. Yep. that yep. gives me light years ahead of the average person which i feel like who's never opened a book about anything to get, but they'll be the first like okay i was at the dog park today and <laughs> <laughs> and I was just listening to just a bunch of very left-leaning people just spout just lies. And yeah. it, it's not even their – it is their fault. But, like, they're just regurgitating what they hear in CNN. And I'm just sitting yep. there, like, rocking, like, fucking Jack Torrance and trying, like, like, trying to not to ruin my dog park experience. Yep. Like, yep. My, yep. You yep. know yep. what I'm saying? Because they're like – and they weren't even like super Joe Biden people, but they were like, you know, COVID this and the fucking did it. And I'm like, you, fuck you. You're so fucking wrong. And they're like, you know, well, the, the shortages because of COVID. I'm like, the shortages because of government mandates and all that shit. And it has nothing to do with people. That, like, it's, it's, but no, if you start saying that, they think you're crazy. And it's like, oh, it's not worth there, it. <laughs> there are people who legitimately believe that the reason, yeah, that was slowly opening in front of you or yeah, behind was, you. <laughs> I was watching it. And I was like, I was waiting for someone to come in. I'm like, is someone about to tell you dinner's ready? Or I thought it was my but, dog so, sneaking in. <laughs> yeah, the dog's like, you said dog park. Are we? It's kind of right? but are we go. going to the. I'll make a yeah. second effort to go. <laughs> to go because no one's there now. So the. Uh, there are people walking around right now who are otherwise very smart, at least on the surface, who legitimately believe that the reason we're having supply chain problems is that so many people drop dead of COVID mm -hmm. that there's just no one to work these factories. Right. And, and, and that like of that age, like the, the, the people that are working in factory just drop dead left and right. And there's just no one there to be able to, to, to be able to do it. And when you try to explain how central planning, how, how, the U.S. government and every major government on Earth just sat there and played red light, green light with the economy for months. And that we're going to be feeling, even if they completely stopped all other stuff from now moving forward, we're going to continue feeling the effects of that for years because of the structural rigidity that's built into this overly regulated global economy that we have. And they're like, no, it's because of the COVID. And it's like, no, it's not because, like, and I even asked someone, they were, they were told, because I've heard that it was because of COVID. And I said, what does that mean? Well, it happened because of COVID. What does that actually mean? How did COVID make this happen? And they're like, well, it's a pandemic. I'm like, I understand the words COVID and pandemic. I'm <laughs> yeah. asking you, what, how did the pandemic cause this? And they're like, it was a worldwide pandemic. I'm like, I know everything you're saying and I'm not disputing it. I'm asking you how it caused this. Mm -hmm. And finally they said, I'm not sure. And I said, do you think that this many people drop dead? And they're like, no. And I said, do you think that it's that there's that many people in the hospital? And they said, no. And I said, 
Is it possible that it was government's response to the pandemic that led to this? Uh, yeah, I guess it could be. So then it's not COVID's fault. It's the government's fault. But you you have when you're when all you hear and, and that's really just a symptom of people that lean on the left and really centrist too at this point. Centrist and people leaning on the left, not the far leftist, right, right. you know, anarcho communist well, they're, they're gone, types. Dude. They're but, far gone. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 centrist and the people that lean left um are basically just like you said they're regurgitating what they hear from mainstream uh 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 uh, corporate media and pop culture but the republicans at this point are regurgitating what they're hearing from right-leaning media Mm -hmm. and and right-leaning pop culture so it's really they're kind of mirrors of each other and it's like that that um you know that that meme of uh the the two spider-mans pointing at each other (laughs) and they're both and, and in this case they're pointing at each other like you're just regurgitating your preferred media's talking points. No, you're just regurgitating. And it's like, no, actually, you you both are, and you're being played against each other um, in order to benefit the people on both sides of that that are, are you know fleecing you and future generations that aren't born yet. Going back to the military thing, yes. you know, Republican conservatism is the interesting belief that every federal agency is at best misguided and inept and bloated and at worst harmful and destructed destructive and wasteful except for the biggest one <laughs> you're right all of the rest of them are right. terrible right, right, except right. the pentagon right that except, one right. And, and i guess the intelligence committee although now they don't right. like the intelligence community right because because right. of what happened with trump but you know it's like the single biggest entity in the federal government which anyone who's ever worked for it as a contractor or as a, a, a enlisted person can tell you is incredibly wasteful and stupid. Only that one works. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy because I, again, my father in law is a is an accountant, and yep. we were talking about the Fed. We're like, oh, the Fed's printing money, and uh, I was like, yeah, it's crazy. It's a private bank just lending us money, and he's like, well, it's controlled by the government. I went. No, it's not. And he's like, "Well, it's run by them." I went, "I'm not doing this with you at dinner." But no, it's not. I just, no. I, I'm, I'm done with this conversation already. But like, that's what I'm saying. So like, the guy who works with money doesn't even know, like, the Fed is a privately yeah. owned bank. Yeah. So how many people do you think really know that? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They don't. And it's what's wild is, I mean, it's private to the extent that it operates outside of government and makes decides its own policy. Now, obviously, it's the the governors, uh, the main governors appointed by the president, and then that that governor appoints the other guy. Like, I mean, there so there is some overlap there with government. It's it's I guess more like a public private partnership than like a truly yes. completely private entity. It is not run by the government, right? That's what I'm it saying is, though. It's it's not yeah. like some government entity. It's like we're just a bank. It's like nah, dude. That like no, where do we get the money no, no. from? And then yep. all this printing, which I believe hyperinflation for sure is going to hit, right? Or it's hitting like as we speak now, and then. The gas prices. I saw. I saw a chart like gas this time last year was like two forty nine. Now it's like three eighty. <laughs> it is like it's yeah. it's wild. And then people be like, yeah. "Well, it's not Biden's fault." I go, "Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, it's definitely partly his fault." It's when when you're having all these mandates and all these fucking restrictions on things that are, and then you're printing money. Like, who who else are you gonna blame? Apple? <laughs> like, no, it's fucking the government. Like, of course it is. 
Yeah. So it's, you know, it's as much Biden's fault as anyone else. But honestly, it's more Biden's fault for what he did as a senator than it is for anything he's done as president. Right. right. So when people are like, well, it's not because of anything Biden's done in the last seven months. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, he certainly has, you know, uh, yes, the patient was already dying, but he did pull the plug. But also it's he's the one that's he's one of the main reasons why the patient was dying in the first place. Right. So, I mean, it's it's you know, this is not. You know, the beauty of of being a libertarian is, you know, we don't try to sit here and explain how Donald Trump was innocent here. Like we don't we don't try to explain how Republicans uh, were, you know, the four years of Republicans being in charge that, you know, they were good and it was only the Democrats. And we certainly don't have to try to explain how it, it's just the Republicans and everything the Democrats are doing is great. We can sit there and say, no, nah, it's the whole system like it, it, this. This is a this is a uh, basically a uniparty. Uh, that really exists just to fleece the people. That that's what the most disgusting thing about all of this is, Adam. You know, we we focus a lot on the tyranny. We focus a lot on the on the murder. We focus a lot on, on all the terrible things that 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 they do, and and this attempt to segregate people again and to create you know a two tiered uh, class of society. And 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 those are all important things to talk about. I think what we often forget is that the reason all of this is being done isn't because of some, not not that it would make it better, but it's not being done because of some kind of ideological belief that this is the best way to do things. And it, it's not because... I don't, I'm not even sure there's this global cabal that's trying to, you know, you know do the Satanism or, or whatever. It, this is for the most base of reasons. It's to enrich themselves and the people that put them in office. And that's... I mean, again, it's not that the motive would make it better because the same bad things are happening regardless, whether they're misguided or evil. And I do think many of the people in government are just inept and misguided. But I do believe that they are being, you know, basically they're being led by their nose every bit as much as the rest of us are by these very, very powerful multinational corporations and cronies who know that they can just create chaos or make chaos worse through government and then create a structural rigidities that cause crisis while making sure they don't have any competition. And then when all else fails, they just have trillions of fake notes printed out and handed off to them. And we all get stuck with the bill for it. And, and the bill never comes due for them because they just stick it on us. And if they can keep us divided against each other and hateful of each other and attacking each other and blaming each other, instead of taking that half a step back and just looking at all of this dispassionately for five minutes and realizing this is all a giant con game. We're all being fleeced. And if we recognize that, then we can begin the process of realizing very quickly who are the bad guys here and what is the motive behind this and how do we stop it? And it, that's that's what's incumbent upon us as libertarians to do is to meet people where they are and the things we already agree on, even if it's just the vaccine mandates. Even if it's just police brutality, even if it's just criminal justice reform or the war on drugs or the Second Amendment or mask mandates or whatever, whatever that thing is, if we meet people where they are and we demonstrate to them that we agree with them on this and that we understand their concerns, that we share their concerns, then we can start the process. Having built that rapport, working together on that, we can begin the process of explaining how we got here, not just on that, but on everything and demonstrating our answers to actually fixing this, identifying the bad guys, identifying the problems and explaining actual solutions, not just kick out the bad guys and put in the good guys, which is what Democrats and Republicans constantly say, but the actual systemic reasons why this is happening. And we're the only ones that are equipped to do that because we're the only ones telling the truth. 
Yeah. The problem is too, I also feel like we're the we're the we're like the only group left mostly with common sense. Like I like the last five years, common sense just stopped being a thing. Like the like the whole mask <laughs> thing. Like the, I could vape through my fucking mask. And you're telling me that COVID particles are 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 bigger or small? I, I, just, you're saying they're smaller than vape particles, but if vape's going through with these, that, and then like so, I'm at a restaurant. Ready? No COVID. Now I have it. Yeah. Now you have oh, COVID. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just, it just, and then oh oh, my, did you see that video today for that Don Lemon in Florida? Please tell me you saw no. that. You know, obviously one of the biggest, you know, fucking Florida's evil. DeSantis is stupid. Mask up. Yeah. Him and his husband were down there completely in Florida, in Florida, just completely, completely chilling. No mask. Yeah. And then they got called out. Some lady was like, hey, what's going on? Like calling him out and they got up and just walked away. And I'm like, good. Yep. Fucking you should harass these motherfuckers. Do that. Yeah. Do everywhere that. They Do that. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. Don't hit them. No, no, no. Just, no don't I'm don't hurt people. But yeah, yeah expose just, them. Just expose, them. expose their shit. And like that's, yeah. the, that's the thing too is like. Stop when I say stop playing nice again. I don't mean like go evil and like, I mean, like, call them out, like, make them yeah. feel like shit. I don't care if they're in public, make them because what they're doing to us is actual evil. The fact, like, that's what I'm saying, like, like this is a true evil that's going on. Like, people legitimately be like, you can't work, you can't run a business, mask your child, give your child a shot, like, all this shit. And we're we're supposed to be like, does not say fuck you to these people because it's rude. Like fuck that. Like tell them to go eat dicks. Like whatever. Like it doesn't matter. Like whatever. Just get the point across. They are not wanted. Like they're evil. And what they're doing is just spreading more lies and evil for their own benefit. They don't give a shit. No one, no, not one leader has followed a fucking rule of their own. And the fact that still half this country doesn't see that, that's what scares me. It's like to find you know what? Like, don't listen to me. Fuck Adam Nutter. I'm just a dumb comic, right? I don't know shit. Okay. Go look at Gavin Newsom. Go look at Nancy Pelosi. Go look at Joe Biden. Go look at Merkel. Go look at the European scumbags. Go look at everybody else. It's, you know, it's 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 like, and then people are like, well, you know, they, they always they, they give them re, they make excuses for them. Always, they always make excuses for why they can't do it or, or they don't have to, and we do. Like, like the people, not even the politicians. Like, what was that uh, that DC politician? When the, they caught her at like some party without a mask, you're like, I was oh, just San Francisco, the vibe. London like, breed, London like, breed. The vibe. The, uh, the like, oh, cool. Did Francisco. COVID know that? I guess COVID yep. felt the vibe too, and, and it just didn't touch you because you were feeling the vibe. Keep keep in mind, Tony Tony Tone is an incredible band, and if I were there, I'd be feeling the the vibe or the there, spirit or whatever she said too. Get but back she, to my safety. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 reality is when she said that. She was, I was actually glad she just flat out said it. I'm going to do whatever I want. I was mm-hmm. enjoying myself. Great. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. Stop using the police to enforce something that you yourself ignored the very first time you wanted to. Because here's the important thing, Adam. We already knew that politicians believe that they're above the law, right? Like we already knew that they think the laws are for the little people and they do whatever they want. This is the more important part. If they thought for a second, that the orders that they're telling us we have to obey are necessary to protect ourselves and others, then they would either obey them even if they weren't the law. They would Mm -hmm. either do that even if it wasn't the law 
because who wants to get sick if you can avoid it by just putting on a mask or, you know, whatever else or, or, or not, you know, eating indoors or whatever thing they say not to do when they themselves do. Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, London Breed, Mike DeWine, you know, all, all of the, uh, um, Gretchen Whitmer. She went to Florida, too. And when they asked her, she went, hey, it's a really good pizza place I went to. OK, great. Can we go out for pizza now? It's either that they didn't. It's either that they recognize that their uh, their orders are BS and don't actually do anything to help public safety, or they do think it is, and they're such sociopaths that they don't care if they spread the disease or get sick. And I don't believe that. I don't believe they're psychopaths. Uh -uh. I, the I don't believe one. they're trying to get sick. It's the first one. They know it's bullshit. They know that it's a bunch of garbage. And I that's why it's important to call them out, not just to expose them as hypocrites, but to expose them as liars, mm -hmm. that they don't believe it. When George... When, um, uh, uh, Gavin Newsom is sitting there in the restaurant with George uh, Lopez after he was already caught going to a restaurant, disobeying his own lockdown orders and did it again. He's showing that he doesn't think this is actually necessary. Now, let's talk about the mask for a second. I believe personally that if everyone wore masks to the uh to the actual standard that like a surgeon would wear a mask and also wears like a mask like an N95 mm -hmm. i think that you would see a substantial reduction in the spread of covid the way most people wear masks and the type of mask they are wearing isn't doing a damn thing to stop the spread of covid and kids kids are filthy you give a kid a, a, bun a bunch of kids masks they're going to trade them like if anything you're going to help spread the disease like there's not that doesn't work for kids and honestly it doesn't work for most adults and when people keep talking about the surgical masks surgical masks do not stop or slow the spread of the disease that's not why they wear them in surgery right. they wear them because they typically are mouth breathing because of the high stress environment and they don't want to get spittle on their patient but if they're <laughs> sick the patient's going to get sick right like it's not that doesn't do that dude you, you could see a small if everyone wore them and had made sure they were over their nose at all times and that their hands were always clean you see people touching the mask and their hands are filthy and and then they take it off and you know this thing that supposedly is filled with biohazards that they've been protected from they throw it on the floor and now it's all over the like that's not working that doesn't actually do anything and they don't have any studies to show it did it again if you feel like you should wear a mask then you should wear a mask. If you feel more comfortable doing it, do it. And if a business said, I, I'd rather everyone in here wear a mask, that'd be, I, that stuff doesn't bother me. Government telling everyone you have to wear a right. mask. We know what ends up happening. I thought I smelled weed turns into, I thought I didn't see you wearing a mask. Right. Okay. The same people we've been, uh, we talked to people on the left. You're mm -hmm. complaining about selective enforcement. You just gave them the ultimate thing to selectively enforce. Because if, if, as long as it fits their agenda, they don't give a shit. That's why. But also go back to the uh, the surgical mask thing. It's funny because people again, people on the left will be like doctors wearing surgery. I go, they are in the most sterile environment. That is literally the last piece of the puzzle. You fucking dummy. <laughs> like and it doesn't part. do what they say it does. <laughs> also, they're typically not even wearing. So I've, I've, I've talked to some surgeons who have said we don't usually wear surgical masks anymore. We wear N95 masks because right. even a surgical mask, if you sneeze or something, some of that's coming out. Mm -hmm. So that's not even the, so even before COVID and stuff, a lot of uh, doctors were wearing either an N95 mask or a surgical mask and like a face shield or something like that, because it's not even all that effective in stopping like, you know, projectile from coming in from, uh, what is it that they 
particulates or whatever. Um, and certainly when it comes to the virus itself, it's not, it, it says it on the box. It says that it, it's not going to stop the spread of COVID. Right. Might there be some marginal reduction if everyone wore surgical masks correctly? Probably, but so much so that, um, that the average person who doesn't even know why they're wearing it or how it works. No. In fact, if anything, I go to airports a lot. I've flown 164 flights this year, separate, like individual segments. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've done like 40 trips this year. And I have noticed this weird dynamic, especially in the airport. When people are wearing masks, they believe that they have a force field on. And so now they stand really close to each other and they scream at each other because they can't see each other's mouths. So it's harder to understand. It, it, it is incredible how much louder something has to be if you can't see them talking and make right. that visual connection to what they're saying. So now I will watch people who are sitting there yelling to each other this far apart where you can see the air coming out of the, you can see the mask moving while they're talking because they're yelling so loud. And if those two people screaming at each other, don't think they're sp swapping spit. I don't know what to tell them. Like it, it, it would have been so much safer for them to be five, six feet apart talking like normal human beings. It would have been so much safer than for them to be standing like, what? I said that my flight is late. Like that's so much less safe than, you know, literally what no, two normal human beings would do standing four, three, four, five, six feet apart, talking at normal volume. That would be way more like, I don't know what's going on with your, your, your door is excited and I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> that would be way safer for people to just have a reasonable, you know, I was, I, I, I'm not a fan of being like this thing where people get real close face talkers. And so I've never liked that, that COVID gives me excuse to stay three feet away from people because I've never liked that, but it would be so much safer. Safer for people to just have a little bit of distance between them than to be constantly, hey, how are you doing? You're on camera to so see you, you can say hi, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's so like, no. It would, it, would be, it would be way safer for people to just be talking normally without a mask on a few feet apart mm -hmm. than right on each other like I see so often in these crowded situations. I, I don't. It doesn't do a thing to slow the spread of COVID. No, I, I totally agree. It's... Uh... It's like what? What's the? I guess the my question is, and we could we could wrap it up here. Is like, when do you think all this shit stops? Like all the r r mandates, or like you know, or like does it really take us physically stopping it? Like as a group of people being like, or or it just eventually cycles itself out, and we just get back to via local rule and law and stuff. Like, what's the I outcome? This is our normal until we say it's not anymore. That's what I'm saying. We're not yeah. going back to the olden times for two reasons. Number one, because they can. This is now something we've, most of us have become comfortable with. So there is no such thing as this is normal now. And number two, COVID's not going away. This is not a temporary measure for a temporary pandemic. COVID waves are as a, a permanent part of our life as cold and flu season are. Uh, until we reach a techno technological point where scientists can edit our genes so that we become imperceptible to viruses like coronaviruses. These vaccines aren't going to stop COVID, uh, just like the flu shot doesn't stop the flu. Uh, at best, it will keep you from getting seriously sick. As the mutations continue to mutate, that will become less effective over time. This is our reality, and we simply have to, we have to decide what we're willing to, to, to do. What it's going to take is enough of us just saying, no, we're not going to comply with this. And it's not half of us or even a third of us. If 5 to 10% of us reliably said, no, I'm not going to comply. 
And, and that means, no, I'm not going to comply with your vaccine mandates. No, I'm not going to comply with your lockdowns. And, and no, I'm not going to comply with your, your vaccine mandates either. Not necessarily meaning I'm not going to get vaccinated, but I'm not going to prove I'm vaccinated to go into your business. I'll either go to another business or I will come in and, and, and refuse to do so. It's going to take that. And the reason is because government enforcers make up less than 1% of the population, which means they rely on at least 99% of the population just going with it. And the mm -hmm. second that you start seeing even half a percent, you know, in, in Australia, it's only about half a percent to one percent of the population that's actually actively resisting. And they're already in a crisis trying to fight. The, the police are already in a crisis trying to fight against it. If three, five, six percent of the population just refuse to comply, it becomes functionally impossible to stop them. So that's really where we're headed. We are headed to we're either going to have mask. We're going to have continued compliance and it's going to get worse. This is our new baseline. They're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, or we're going to have to have mass non-compliance and mass non-compliance, even 5%, 3-5%, hopefully more of the population just saying, no, I'm not going to comply. That's enough for there to be pushback. We're already seeing this now. It's more and more employers are saying, we're not going to enforce this vaccine mandate. The government will have to do it themselves. And uh, if enough of that happens, the vaccine mandate goes away. Right. And that's because of people that are, you know, I mean, Southwest, you know, not being able to fly people for a weekend. Uh, and and the threat of that was enough to make Delta say, "Now we're not enforcing it." Right, I want those money, millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 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 gonna have to. So it's going to take mass non-compliance. Mass non-compliance will make not just this, but the rest of it go away. If enough of us refuse to comply, it be, there is no such thing as government power. It's illusory. There is no such thing. There's right. what we're willing to tolerate. And if enough of us say, and it doesn't have to be physical, doesn't have to be violent revolution or any of that. It just, I'm not going to comply. And if enough of us do that, then we can win this. Dude, well, let's fucking do that, everybody. Everybody go listen to Spike. Spike, where can we find you, dude? And like, you know, your social, anything you got coming up? I know you already plugged the New York tour, but anything else you got coming up? Please, everybody. Yes, come see me in your beautiful state of New York and <laughs> Staten Island. Adam's favorite borough. And mine as well. Uh, I'm doing a 10-day tour uh, through New York. I know that's very small letters. So if you go to my social media, you can find out all the details about my New York my I Spike New York tour um, or I Heart Spike New York. I'm not really like I'm not. It's a heart with my face. So I Spike Love New York. I don't know what you want to call it. But my New York tour um, on my social media, I'm Spike Cohen. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube. And you can find me on TikTok now for the kids. Uh, <laughs> the kids love TikTok and I'm on TikTok. Uh, you can go to SpikeCohen.com, see all my events. Um, see what I got going on. And I'd love to meet you in person. Uh, if you'd like to come out, come out to one of my things. You can come out and say hi and ask me your questions. I'm happy to answer them. Um, and then uh, I also have two shows, uh, My Fellow Americans and The Muddied Waters of Freedom. And both of those are on Muddied Waters Media. And you can find Muddied Waters Media on uh, on all social media platforms, on all podcasting platforms. And uh, you can also find uh, every episode on muddiedwatersmedia.com. Thank you. Don't, again, Staten Island, stand up. <laughs> Going out. Staten SI. Island, Long Island. I'm going to be in Long Island. Oh, Long Island. We're going to talk about Long Island. <laughs> Long Island, Long Island. I know to say that correctly. I live in Myrtle Beach, which is little new Long Island. Um, Syracuse, Farmingdale, Garden City, New York City, Bergen, Winonta. Winonta? Winonta? Don't know. Say that. <laughs> one, 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 um, I'm going to be uh, in a few different places. Come out and see me. I might be adding some events in Buffalo, Albany, and rural upstate, but we shall see. And uh, yeah, come on out. 
and thank you for having me on man dude spike thank you so much for doing it. i gotta get you on again down the road for sure we'll definitely do this again this fun as fuck. all right everybody this has been the porcupine peace thanks for listening find adam on social media twitter and ig at adam nutter or facebook and tiktok at adam nutter comedy and for podcasts and merch check out www.droptent.com don't forget to rate review and subscribe so you never miss an episode 